Welcome to Female Fear Factory, the podcast, a space where people share their experience with fear inherited from the systems designed to keep certain people from stepping into the joy of their personhood. On this podcast, you will hear about when fear has hurt and when community is healed. The Female Fear Factory is a performance of patriarchal policing of and violence towards women and others cast female who are therefore considered safe to violate. When I hear the quote by Fumla, definitely um, it takes me back to my earliest memories of thinking about violence towards me as a person, but more specifically as a girl. I was sent to to go to the shops by my parents to buy something. And I was running the shops were quite far. And I met this man who was on a bike. This man must have been 26, 25. And he was riding a bike. They, oh, do you want to, to be given um, in Uganda the code a lift? I was like, sure. And then he was about to get back on his bike. And then he looked at me and he said something in my language that meant like, oh, I would have taken you, but I cannot sleep with you, right? Like I cannot have sex with you, so I'm going to pass. It was so violent uh, in detail. I felt like actually I could be violated and I didn't think about it before. And the experience of fear of what could have been and should I go back home? Should I proceed? I stopped and sat down for a bit. There was nobody. So he left when I reflect back. It's, it's the earliest memory of like, I could be violated and I would blame myself. The choice to even continue when I still felt unsafe was that if I have to go back in my parents, they would not be open. I, I, I assumed that there would be no conversation. How do I even start it? So I look at the, the, the place of fear and, and how you remain with those experiences of fear and uh, how it shapes, like for me, the understanding that if a man gave you something that would violate you, it's that something of my artist childhood and and really affecting um, uh, going through life, most of my life, uh, being very cognizant that I need to do my own things because if they give you stuff, they'll violate you. And of course, it's very true, but in other cases, it also kind of um, to unravel that and say, okay, you should also um, be open to kindness, but kindness of men at that early age, you are introduced the fearfulness of kindness of men. So for me, that, uh, that, that quote reminds me of that particular incident as a child and what could have do- uh, been done to my body, to my life, to everything, and how different probably my life would have turned out if that moment went a different way. I, I think that for me, that experience really, really is what what I think compounds everything. The first time you recognize that actually you're not safe uh, because of your gender, you're not safe because you're a girl. Uh, that and other experiences. So I grew up, there was a river, there was a stream, not a river, by my home. And we used to go with uh, my brothers to try to swim in the river. So as you become like around 10, 11, then your families are saying, oh, you, you, you can't go to the river anymore. 
you're not told exactly why you can't go to the river but you're already getting social clues like you were too old as a girl to go to the river so you experience it at a very very young age how is start to narrow the public spaces your places of anything you could be a child to be free you're no longer free simply because maybe you've just grown some breasts you know you're you're so aware on how the world is closing in on you based on this idea that you are safe to violate and instead of the of the world around you dealing with the threat of that violence they would rather narrow your freedom to protect you from that violation but you're aware of what's happening and i was aware of what's happening is this sphere of your safe to violate but those who love you will protect you in a way by narrowing your, your public life your engagement your movements they have to monitor your movements all that fear is projected to you and what is uh, even if they tell you once in a while, oh, this and this, they don't really sit you down. But also, this is the experience. This is you understand that you are in that sphere of being violated, you know. And that fear, unfortunately, never goes away in in that presence of like you're free to violate. It starts quite early, and you see your life narrowing um, from home to the street and then to the school. Don't be seen with teacher who and who you know you are being told that you're safe to violate and the violator is known so it's you to protect yourself so i think that's what society tells you at those early ages that you are safe to violate and if it happens to you uh, you'll be blamed because you didn't take steps you knew the violator is around or somewhere the areas of policy myself would be in terms of my body like trying to feel like not fitting in my body i remember when i was 13 and we were growing breasts and and i have had with like like than my cousins and they used to tease me about it and you know like when the body of a young girl is developing that is uh, used as a site of violence because just verbally but also the social clues being given to you that somebody is going to see you as their wife or violate you those experiences you remember them right so you start being really cautious so i actually grew up thinking that i had very big breasts right like big in a very negative sense right and tina was like mid-20s i was like this is, you know, not, you know, the, this is not something I should be scared about or ashamed about. I always felt that I, because these are things that kids tell you or someone, an elder makes a comment simply because at that age, maybe your breasts are growing faster than your your cousins who are the same age or even maybe your sister has smaller breasts than yours. So those things um, really definitely uh, affect your body image if, as a, a teenager. And you, you, you always tell yourself like your breasts are not the right size, you this and that, you know, navigating body image. And it takes a long time to, to, to really come out of that shell to reconnect you with your body in that sense and I remember for me as a teenager I did a lot of sports I was in sport, different sports basketball rather volleyball football 
athletics and everything. So I think for me, that that helped me not think of my body as a sexualized body. And I became more freer. It helped me. So I didn't have to form, I think, certain protections that are harmful, but I rather found ways to relate to my body in terms of like I would train, I would run, I would do different things. And just to feel like, okay, you know, I'm okay. I don't obsess with my body. And I think it will take me like up to mid-20s to actually have a more... Um, so in the, in those teens, I then like totally didn't have a picture of me as a sexual being, like my body being this, being mine, and, and looking at it like that. And then it takes a little more like around mid-20s to feel like, oh, this is my body, I love it, and I love this, and I love that. So I, I think those things matter in terms of how your body, you see your body and the kind of things people tell you when you're, you know, preteen, you know, when you're an adolescent, um, and how, how you find to deal with the, those things psychologically, but also in terms of like what you do to protect yourself. Uh, from that kind of thing. I don't think the policing shifts. <laughs> it is the same old policing. You see it. I think as you grow, like I say, you you learn to know what you love about yourself. You read, you, you hopefully get comfortable in your own body. Uh, many people haven't or don't get that um, opportunity to do that. But I have. I've been able to look at my body differently and see it and appreciate it. Even when the policing of body is still around in the rate of violence on the body still around, at least mentally on in my own, uh, on my own, I know like I, I have a really great positive idea of who I am and, uh, and, and the body is one, but so many things define me, you know? So, so I think like developing that kind of self-awareness of self-worth and what you invest in, um, but also taking care of your body and that the policing shouldn't take you away from relating to your body and loving your body. And there are things that you might not love. It's okay if we don't love everything, but ultimately overall looking at yourself and loving yourself is very very important uh, and always remain a few a, a few shadows you know areas you might feel insecure about it's it's okay it's normal because we live in a very um still poli body policing world and, and uh, you might feel insecure about something but if that security is, mo is moving you to be to harmful levels i think it is uh, something somebody should look into but i think policing will always be around it's how we challenge it the tools we have got the fact that we can speak up the fact that women can speak up and we can see women who are like us freely dressing the way they want the way they are um i think that we we live at a very very important times in uh uh, both harmful because uh, of the night and you can have a photo on the internet and people can make memes out of your body, out of your facial expression or anything. 
but at the same time we're able to come there in numbers as women like never before and share ourselves and and overcome the policing of our body uh, bodies that must be covered or bodies that are shamed for being covered so either way um i think that uh, the policing is there and it shifts but what determines the shift often is um are we shifting to the towards a more empathetic and being um um understanding of our bodies and being grateful for that um so the two fears i think the fear of violence or the fear that you can be violated is still present indeed i think that that fear i don't even know like how do you deal with it is the fear we experience from workplaces moving in cities to the streets public transport it's always there it's always we carry this fear in a lot of times people who are not probably um socialized as uh, female they don't even have a clue that we live a totally different experience when i wake up every day to get to a bus stop i'm harassed um to, i'm told different things that my experience in, in the city is different from that of a man um and 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 and, and that is there but i think it's very very important to understand to work on the insecurities that have been planted in us so like comments about your body if you know, already know who you are and you know um I'm able to speak back you know to have the power to speak back you will not have the last word I'll talk to you and I think uh, a lot of this bullying body policing thrives on silence they assume that they have thoroughly you know like abuse you you know they're going to come back so the ability to come back for me is very very important to fight back because if you sit on that comment you you'll just be like why did i do anything for me the ability to fight back gives me power to understand my power i will i will I'll show up with that power and i'll say it back to you if it's possible if i'm not risking any violation escalation i will say it back and often i will say it back to the person saying but whether it's online or in real life and also knowing uh, working on yourself and knowing who you are and it's it's very important uh because because we live in that fearful world and speaking about it um i write about this i i speak about this i commune with different women on these things and hear them out and hear their coping mechanisms and and how they experience this uh life themselves and being able to you know to understand how different people uh have different approaches to navigate the fear of being violated almost every day that we think we carry around yeah so for me so for me start speaking back um if i can't speak back in the time the comment is said to me or the threat is put to me i always sit on it and find a safe space to speak about it either way in different ways i will take the power back i'm rosebel kagumire i'm a writer uh, originally from uganda and this has been my female fear factory story <laughs>